This show is brought to you by the North Face. Now, the North Face have been my sponsors for the last eight or nine years, and I'm really proud to be involved with this fantastic outdoor brand. Now, they've been in the outdoor industry for over 50 years, and they are the premier supplier of authentic, innovative, and technologically advanced exploration apparel. For your footwear, equipment, accessories, they've got the best stuff. Now, their lightweight and weather-resistant flight series running gear is my absolute favorite. So, if if you're into trail running, if you're into desert running, if you're into just exploring our mountains, then these, this is the go-to gear. And it's designed to endure, engineered to help you through the heat, through heavy downpours, or whatever else comes your way so that you can run no matter what, every day, any weather, any terrain, and never stop exploring. If you'd like to check out their whole range, go to thenorthface.co.nz. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the podcast that gets deep into the psyche of extraordinary achievers across all genres, cutting to the chase to unlock the secrets of their success, their achievement, philosophies, and motivations. Join us in the quest to find out what makes the movers and shakers of our world tick and what gems and wisdom we can learn from them. Now, over to your host, Lisa Tamati. Well, hi everybody, it's Lisa Tarmody here at Pushing the Limits. It's wonderful to have you here with us today. And I've got a special guest waiting for me uh, all the way from Christchurch. And But before we get underway, um, as always, I'm going to ask you guys a favour. If you could go and give us a rating on iTunes, that would be fantastic. If you love the content, if you love the show and the, the stuff that we're putting out, um, it's a bit of a labour of love. So I really, really appreciate you guys uh, giving us a big thumb, thumbs up on there on the ratings. Give us a five star, of course, that would be great in the review. Um, and really appreciate you guys doing that. Um, today, um, the last few weeks actually, I've been doing uh, a, a series on inspirational woman athletes, and today I've got uh, an inspirational male athlete on with us, for, and someone who's got a very um, interesting story, um, partly tragic story, but it's also a story of comeback and hope and um, guts and determination. So I'm really, really excited to uh, interview today Ian Walker. G'day, Ian. How are you going down there? G'day, Lisa. Thanks very much. That's a heck of a build-up. I hope I can match. I hope, I hope I can match it up. Oh, you can, mate. You can. You've got an incredible story. So, Ian is uh, has a mid is a mid thoracic paraplegic, and I made sure I got that right just before. So you had a uh, T4 fracture, um, and so that means you're in a, in a basically in a wheelchair, you're stuck in the yep. wheelchair. Um, and you had an accident in uh, 2006, which was a, a, a bit of a cycling accident. So I tell you what, let's go back before the accident, Ian, and tell us a bit about who you were and what you were up to before this uh, fateful, fateful day, if you like. Yeah, uh, well, I was initially ranked football referee. That's, that's soccer in the old days. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we also ran marathons. Uh, I've run... Like nine marathons. My best time was about two hours fifty-seven. You're kidding me! No, oh, wow. so I was a, I was a long, long, tall streak of something, <laughs> and uh, it was sort of getting to the end. I knew my refereeing career was going to come to an end within the next four or five years. So I was just then going to start stepping out, getting into more long distance. Uh, I, I will admit to being a fan of yours back in those days and, and seeing <laughs> you run across um, Death Valley and. I followed your career quite quite closely, and thought, well, that's that's my next step is start getting in something like the coast to coast, and then the yep. Kepler Challenge. Yep. 
uh, unfortunately, I then uh, injured my Achilles uh, running, refereeing a game of football. I, I turned into a hole in the football ground and yeah. uh, it just strained my Achilles. I couldn't run, so I was actually out. My physio said, well, cycling's the next best thing. So I went, oh, okay, so I went out and bought myself a bike. Um, and then two weeks later, I um, decided to argue with the truck and trailer unit. And, uh, <laughs> Run into the back of the truck. <laughs> yeah, he came off a little better than I did. So. I bet, yeah. It's a bit of a, a David and Goliath sort of match up there. Did you, so you ran into the back of the truck from what I remember of your, your story, is that right? Yeah, he, uh, I came down off a bridge and there was a, a T intersection on the left. Uh, and a truck and trailer turned right out of, out of that across in front of me, which yep. was fine. And I had plenty of time to do that. So apparently I moved to the left and I was head down on my track on bar. Went round behind him and went straight ahead. And because he turned right, this other truck and trailer on the same street thought he could turn left. So he turned left blindly and then pulled over on the cycle lane. And I just rode straight into the back uh, head first. Yeah. And um, was it touch and go to survive such a, a major accident? At the beginning, uh, what was your, you know, uh, what are your memories of that horrific day? Well, I can remember coming off the bridge and seeing the truck and trailer, knowing I had time, and then my next memory is lying on the ground and seeing this woman looking over me with this sort of horrified expression on her face. Now, I can remember, because I had a backpack on, I thought, my backpack's not fitting right, there's something wrong with it, it's not sitting on my back right. And then I realised I couldn't move my legs, and I went, oh, oh shoot. Uh, I won't repeat what I said yes. at the time, but... And then the rest, I can remember being put in the ambulance and I heard someone say, you know, you're not supposed to park there. And I think they were talking to the truck driver. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if I hadn't been wearing a cycle helmet, yeah. uh, it, would have, it would have killed me. Yeah. Um, for sure, my cycle helmet ended up all cracked and crushed in, on one side. And what it did show to me is that, like, you're supposed to wear your cycle helmet one and a half fingers from your eyebrows. Yeah. So it was about, about there. And the impact I took on the truck was, was right oh, wow. in here. Yeah. I had, I had bruises, three bruises on my head from the, where the cycle helmet shape is. Yep. And I see a lot of people wearing them up here. And yep, you do. Yep. And if you're going to do that, you might as well not bother wearing it. You've got to wear your helmet the right way. And, it, you know, it saved my life. So Yeah. Uh, so you'll be a strong proponent for, for wearing your blooming helmet these days. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's that's the strongest part of your head, right? Uh, but yeah, you've got to you got to you got to sort of protect yourself as much as you can. Did you come away with any brain injuries as well on top of that, or? Oh it, yeah, um, brain injury. I mean, it was a massive concussion. I yep. I did suffer too much in terms of um, like bleeding on the brain or anything like that. But yep. it, um, certainly in terms of the concussion, you know, the memory. I'm I'm probably I'm not. I said I'll never be a hundred percent. Yeah. Where I was, but yeah, I mean, I've recovered reasonably well from it. Yeah, your brain's sort of come back, but you've been stuck with this um, not being able to move. So, where show me where you know from where down can you not no longer feel or or control sort of like mid chest or yeah, I'm, I'm a sort of a about 70 percent of spinal cord injuries are what they call incomplete, where yep. you, uh, um, you don't lose complete movement or feeling like my injury is about t3 4 so my third and fourth thoracic vertebrae which are about there yeah they ended up going like that sitting next to one another so they put them back one back on top of the other and i had i had metal rods and screws all holding it all together um so basically from my nipples down yeah um but because i'm on what's known as incomplete i've got limited movement in my foot 
uh, left foot and my left leg. So nothing, I can't do any sort of, I can't load bear on my leg. Um, but that started to come back after about two months. Yep. So um, basically, if, if all my left side is pretty much, I've got some movement, but I can't feel anything on my right side because the um, the nerves that control in the spinal cord that control sense, sensation and, and pain, they cross over in the neck. So right goes to the left, and left goes to the right. Oh wow! So my move, the movement, the limited movement I have is in the left, but all my pain and sensation is on the right side. So I get really sore right buttock. Um, oh really? If you pull the hairs on my right leg, I can feel that. But if we do anything to the, on the left side, I, I, I can't feel it. And I'm pretty much like if, if I do that, that's I don't I can don't feel it, but it doesn't. It's just like hitting wood. Yeah. Um, it's like a numb. So it's a yes. bit. Is it a bit like you know? Because for us, we can't imagine it. Um, it's a bit like when you go to the dentist and they put an injection in and it's there, but you can't. Yeah. That sort of yeah, feeling, but yeah, that's, just that's, in your whole probably, body. Yeah, so that that would be a fair reflection on what. Yeah, and this crossover. So you've still got pain, like sitting, sitting pain, and and on the yeah. opposite side from what you can actually feel. That's weird, eh? Oh, it is. It's um, uh, it's like if you go and watch a movie for sort of like three hours or something, you get that really numb bump. Yep. I'm basically like that, twenty four seven. I'm on, I'm on medication, pain medication to help, but by the end of the day, my bum gets. That right buttock is really, really sore. Yeah. But it's compounded because because I've got that movement in my left side, my left buttock is more developed than the right buttock because the right doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. So because I can move that leg, the left buttock a little, a little bit. So, my, so I'm sort of like that. So they've got to build up my cushion yep. so that I'm sitting straighter. But that means there's more weight going on my right. And that's the right, that's the side that, that, that feels the sensation. So it sort of gets worse. It just gets really sore. Yeah, I mean, these are all a knock-on effects. You know, what What surprises me, having uh, been on this journey with mum that you would know uh, about, mm. is the things that you just have no idea about. You know, we all see the big things, like you can't walk or you can't... Um, but it's, it's all the things like, you know, drop foot happen because you're lying in bed and, you know, or, uh, I don't know, you know, like mum forgot that she had elbows or, you know, silly silly things that you wouldn't have thought of being a problem you know you only see the bigger picture when you when you you see someone in a wheelchair you see someone who's got an injury and you think of the major life changes that would mean if that was you but there's so much more to it eh? there's so many layers of crap actually that you have to deal with um yeah it, it's a trick one i think um i mean i i used to i worked full-time um for a while and i and i always i've always tried to say to me that the wheelchair doesn't make a difference yeah um like i've got a my motto is don't let what I can't do stop me from doing what I can. I'm brilliant, love it. And there's a sign outside the kitchen at the Burwood Spine Unit, and I read that when I was in there, and I thought, well, that's you know, that's what I want to be like. That's yeah. that's got to be mindset. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you've got to accept sometimes that the wheelchair does make a difference. And I think the hardest thing I've had to to probably accept is that it's harder to do stuff. Yeah. I I read a an interesting book by a guy um, from America, I can't remember his name, and he, he said that you break everything in a wheelchair, you break everything down into energy levels. Yep. And he said it takes normal, uh, uh, an ordinary person, an able-bodied person, 2% of their energy levels of the day to get dressed in the morning. Yeah. I go to the toilet, get dressed. For someone in a wheelchair, for someone like me, it's 8%. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, hearing you. And it, yeah. And it's just, yeah, you, you probably don't, I think, if, I mean, as an able-bodied person, I would never have considered, like, no. being in a work. Oh, can't walk, can't be that, you know, okay, you might, arms might get tired. Yeah, just being in a wheelchair in itself, it's, uh, it's not an easy thing. Yeah, I mean, that's what I found too with mum is that, you know, um, to get us actually to the point of going and actually doing something, you know, it was like you had to be so organised and it would take an hour and a half just to get her out the door and then you might be out for an hour and you had to come back because, you know, you've got to do things and, and that whole, you've done nothing, <laughs> you've done bugger all yeah. and she's exhausted, you know. And, you know, well, we've had, had to build that up. But it, like you say, it takes so much energy just to put a pair of shoes on or uh, all those little wee things that we take for granted. When we're yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm lucky. Uh, I, could have, I could have been more severely hurt. Uh, I could have been a quadriplegic. So, you know, I'm a tetraplegic. Uh, uh, I'm a paraplegic, so yeah. I've got full use of my hands. Yeah, which um, is fully independent. I mean, I'm lucky I don't have to wear a bag. Yep. Um, with an indwelling catheter, I catheterise myself when yep. I need to go. I, I, I feel when I need to go to the toilet, so I don't. I, I'm not yep. like others where you just got to go yep. a certain time. I, I don't go until I need to go. Um, but yeah, in the morning, because I do my I do my bowel regimen in the morning. Sometimes it can take 20 minutes. Sometimes it can take an hour and a half. Yeah. It's just yeah. Um, it's all of yeah, those little things. Yeah, it's just it's just that's just. Yeah, so that's going to work full normal. time. Yeah, it becomes a new normal, and you get you get used to it. I think to a certain certain oh. degree. But what you know, <laughs> what surprises me with your journey, because you know we're both the mutual aberration society here. Where <laughs> I've watched you over the last couple of years, and and think it's fantastic. So Ian, for the listeners out there, Ian does a lot of uh, cycle hand cycle racing, um, and does crazy distances like ultra marathons with the cycle and and of course marathons and um you're sitting there with a new york marathon t-shirt and achilles international new zealand on it um tell us a little bit about achilles and 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 going to these big marathons and and what it means to you to to be able to do that sort of thing i think um way back when i was in the building spawning that they did a uh, have a go day which was basically a, a disability expo that they had in Christchurch and a lot of the people came to Burwood the next day and sort of showed all their stuff up and there was a guy there bought some hand cycles along and I climbed into one of those and thought oh, this is pretty this is pretty interesting because it's, it's the hardest thing being in a wheelchair it's doing cardio events yeah there's not really a huge amount of lot you can do for cardio event. and I'm, I can't play wheelchair rugby because I've got too much hand function uh-huh. um, because it's really a game for quadriplegia it's not not paraplegic. Oh really? Okay. Um, I, I play wheelchair basketball, but then um, I'm, I don't have the abdominal control um, to yep. be able to sit upright in my chair well enough. Yep. I have to. I get a little strapped in, and then you get to that your hands get run over and all this sort of stuff. So I was really <laughs> looking for something that um, you know, because I, I did. I do like the. I did love the running. Is just going for hours and hours and yeah, hours. Yeah, you're an endurance with, athlete. Yeah. Just yourself and your thoughts and. So yeah, hand cycling came up, and I was up in Auckland, and um, I'm not, so I read about Achilles um, somewhere, and I got hold of a guy called Peter Loft, who's um, is probably Mr. Achilles New Zealand for a lot for, mm-hmm. for a fair amount of time. He sort of stepped away a little bit from that now, but he uh, he told me about there doing a trip to New York um, to do the marathon over there, and, and Achilles gets a certain number of power of 
sort of event within the New York Marathon yep. every year internationally. Mm -hmm. And so 2014 made the decision to, to go over and went, went over with Achilles. And basically they're a, a disabled athletes charity but they, they try and get athletes involved, sort of disabled athletes involved into some long distance events. And New York Marathon is probably the main one yep. that they do, um, which is most well known. But so there's Achilles are a, a worldwide South Africa, Fantastic. all through South America. Um, so you have a, a, a whole range of, of disabilities, if you want to use that word, but people with different problems, challenges. Oh, yeah, there's, there's um, people, cerebral palsy go. Um, People that have come back from maybe large weight issues, um, a lot of blind athletes. The thing I didn't realise with blind athletes is not only do you have to have one guide person that you know, that runs along with the blind athlete with them holding the rope, but they actually have to have about four blockers. Oh, really? Running around them as well to stop them being run into by other people. Right. So yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's a wide range, and, and certainly in New Zealand, they don't they don't put limits on. If you're disabled, it doesn't matter how, how disabled you are. Okay. It is a little more difficult. A lot of marathons don't accept hand cycles because it, we, that cycling, hand cycling comes under the Paracycling Association, not para-athletics. Ah. So um, some marathons, I don't, in New Zealand, there's not very many that allow hand cycling, but certainly in America because um, I think because of, the, especially since the war in Iran and Iraq with the veterans. And so many veterans. A lot more, yeah. a lot more doing hand cycling. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, I'll give you just a sobering note. At the New York Marathon last year, at the pre-start area, I was sitting there, I was in, it, we're in my hands up, and I was next to this guy, and they have the Freedom Warriors, they're called over there, and they wore yeah. these red shirts. And there was a guy next to me in this red shirt, and I had a look at him, he had lost, he had no right leg, and he had a badly scarred left leg, and I thought, oh, are you in Marines or the Army or um, in Iran or Iraq? And he goes, no, no, I was at the Boston Marathon. Oh, my gosh, really? He was standing at the Boston Marathon when the bomb went off. Oh, you know, sort of. Yeah. It puts a lot of things in perspective when you think, go, oh, you know, we're and over in New Zealand. Up again. Yeah. Don't have to, he was just standing watching a, a marathon. So. And, and now, Pretty lucky. Yeah. Well, and then, yeah, we are. We live in a peaceful society where we, thank goodness, most of us don't have to deal with that crap. <laughs> no. And to be thankful for that. Um, you'd, you'd know my, my, my friend who passed away, Samuel Gibson. Um, yes. Yeah, and and he he was, you know, his attitude was just so. It always held before my eyes how lucky we were because he was like, I'm the luckiest bloke alive. And you know, when he first said that, you're like, what? <laughs> how can you say that? You know, with the problems that he had, which were massive. And oh, he sure. just said, yeah, but I was born in New Zealand, and I was born in a day where there was technology available to help me, and I was born. And a family who loved me and gave me everything they possibly could and enabled me to do stuff. And I, you know, and, and that's why I'm the luckiest bloke around. You know, and that was his whole he didn't just pay lip service to that. He actually lived and did that and he, you know, despite all the difficulties, you know, went and went travelling, backpacking around Asia and married a beautiful lady and had two children despite all the odds, you know, and the problems associated with that. And he just lived life full on, you know. And unfortunately, you know, we had that, that accident in the wheelchair when we, uh, we were actually training for uh, that event. Uh, we were going to mm -hmm. do raising money for another little boy from Christchurch, actually, with um, the same debilitating thing. And he fell out of his wheelchair and um, unfortunately hit his head and died, um, which was just absolutely for us, like, mm -hmm. you know, mind-blowing. 
And, um, but his, you know, he was one of those people that he, he lived far too short a life, but he just lived so big and so large and had so many dreams and, and fulfilled those dreams one after the other and didn't let anybody tell him he couldn't do anything, you know? Yeah, I think for some reason, I, I'm not sure having the, my accident sort of changed my outlook, but I think especially for someone like, like him, it's like, well, you don't know how finite your, your lifespan's going to yeah, be. definitely. But, you know, you, I think one thing you do learn when you, you know, we have an injury like this is that, you know, every day, you've got to make every day the best you can make it. Um, because, you know, I mean, I could quite easily have been killed, but, you know, for some reason I wasn't, I was lucky. Yep. Um, I fractured my C6 vertebrae at the same time, but my injury level yeah. actually ended up in my, down here, so I could have ended up in a, you know, breaking my neck. Yeah. So that, that didn't happen. So yep. there's, there's a saying, paraplegics, we want the use of our legs. Yep. Quadriplegics want the use, use of their, their hands. hands. Yeah. So, yeah. look, I'm, I'm... Everyone's uh, relative to what you haven't... Got, hey. In other words, stop. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well off. I always remember being a guy telling me at the Burwood Spine Unit that he said, if you're ever feeling down about the situation, go to the brain injury clinic. Yes, yeah. And yeah. look, people have had strokes, people who've had, uh, you know, had serious head trauma, and, you know, that physically there may be nothing wrong, but. They got, no, they got no head left. I mean, that was my mum, you know. She, exactly. she had nothing. She was that locked in syndrome, whatever you call it. She had. Lights mm. on, nobody home, unable to even lift a, a hand or do anything, you know, at the start. Yep. And to, to, to bring her back on this journey, this massive, amazing journey that we've been on for the last two years. And I just, just today I was having lunch at the sushi place, our favourite restaurant, with mum and dad. And um, a, a man walks in on a walker very, very, very slowly with his wife, obviously had a stroke. And he sits down on the table next to us, uh, turned around and said, oh, hey, mate, how, how you going? You, you, you know, have you had a stroke or something, have you, mate? And he said, yeah, 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 had a stroke. This has happened, that's happened. And I, and I just said to him, oh, yeah, my mum had, you know, was way worse than you, mate, way, way worse. And I told him her story and told him, you know, hyperbaric and the stuff that I'd done with her. And then his wife came over and I, I we just had a really cool, you know, at the end we were all hugging and he was... He, he, he went, you know, out of there going, okay, I've got to fight. Because his wife had been telling him, you've got to fight. You've got to discipline. You've got to train. You've got to really work hard. And he's like, well, I just want to sit and watch telly, you know. And I go, you, you've, got to, you've got to fight, man. And, and I, you know, we walked out of there and, and he watched mum get up and walk off. And, and, you know, you could just see him going, holy heck. And I said, she had nothing. She had absolutely nothing. And you know, uh, everybody's situation's ro different, but if you if you've got hope and you've got fight, you can you've got a chance, you know. Yeah, I think I think your mum didn't have nothing. She's had probably that you've got in space hurts, just determination. Um, yeah, but she didn't even got... have any of that. Like she had no self determination at all because she had no brain function. You know, like she had. No, she was like she's a determined person now and was before but in that period you had to be that for her you know she didn't have any she she was um she wasn't there you know mm. so yeah, yeah i think in some ways it's a bit like i suppose if you're running and, and you don't run for a long time you may lose but i think i mean i'm not a neuropsychologist or neuroscientist no. or anything like that, but i think 
it's probably a bit like where you get muscle memory where you don't run for a long time and you start running uh, the muscles start remembering oh yeah I remember doing this um, I think even with a brain injury like that I think the fact that your mum was determined before um, and look you've had a lot to do with the way she's got but I think at the same time your mum's probably oh, yeah, you, she, you she may is. have woken up that sort of latent I, I always remember when I when I got this movement in my big toe at, that, at the spine unit and then that moved into my foot and into my lower leg and Wow. They stood me up on a, a standing frame and I put yep. a caliper on my right leg, which locked my leg straight because um, my right leg doesn't do anything. And then they, they put me in a and then they actually manually lifted my left leg and then I sort of you know, lifted my right leg through. Well, they put me in a harness and lowered me down onto a really, on a treadmill that was going really, really slowly. Yep. As soon as my left leg hit the treadmill, it walked. It just, the, the brain really? knew, the brain knew, oh yeah, donk. Wow! Just step, just step. I mean, yeah. it wasn't pretty, and I couldn't do much. And and now I'm at a situation now where I put that caliper on my right leg, um, and using a walking frame. Yep. Um, I can I can step with my left leg. Yep. Take a step, uh, and then I have to take the weight of my hands yep. or my arms. Yeah. Um, and then hitch my right leg through with the caliper on it. And then I've got the weight. I can then transfer the weight back onto that right leg because the caliper's locked up, and then take that next step. So I can't load better on my left leg. But I mean, I remember that week at the Bird Spine Unit. My consultant said to me, "Based on your injury and MRI scans, he said you've got a 20% chance of some sort of recovery, wow. be it standing or whatever." But he said, "You know, we've got to tell you now that it's not great. It's 20%. So you sort of think 20%. Yeah, well, it's better than 0%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah." Um, did and again, you, I mean, look, I'm I'm lucky because, you know, my injury was incomplete. So, so there was uh, still a chance. Is there a chance of even now, uh, especially with the, the, the new technologies with exoskeletons and things that are, that are starting to come about? Is there a chance for you? Do you think that in the future, if you can keep yourself strong enough, that you might be able to walk around the house with a exoskeleton? Is that a yeah? I had a go. Dream? I had a go with. I had a go on a Rex Bionic exoskeleton, which is a which is a one developed in New Zealand by, yep. by um, a couple of guys up in Auckland, and they've now gone international. Um, and that was a freestanding exoskeleton. I mean, I've seen the rewalk ones where you use crutches and step your leg, but I can't really see too much point in it because you're loading it's still loading up your shoulders. But the thing with the walking side and why I still do it, even though it's not, I mean, I can't go very far. Um, and I can't load bear on that left leg is that uh, and the right leg does nothing it's still that you know people talk about getting in a standing frame for yep. bone density yes, it's, yeah. it's, it's the Absolutely. load impact load yep. it's impact load on your long bones that's what builds bone density standing in your standing frame does help but it's like minimal so you've really got to be got to get that impact back into Banging your it. Yeah. Gotta, that's, that's, what, that's what maintains the bone density because at the end of the day that's, that's the thing that stops you from if they come up with a cure of being able to walk again, it's because your bones aren't strong enough to take the, take the loading. Okay, so your bones uh, are more than your ligaments and stuff, and your yeah, muscles. You, you can always build your muscle. I mean, I've, you know, I've had, I've done, uh, you know, I've had um, times I've had to stop my standing and that because of operations and things. Um, and so you lose a lot of that muscle yeah. that you may have built up. But then, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. Um, but you can, I mean, I, I've never got to a situation where my leg. I mean, I'm. I'm also um, part of my injuries. I get real bad 
muscle spasms. I've yeah. actually got an internal pump, which I've got in my abdomen here, which delivers a, a drug 24-7 through a catheter up, up my, um, alongside my spinal cord. And that sort of try and keep, try and help keep spasms down. But okay, um, yeah. yeah. So basically, my, it's like having a wet towel wrapped around your muscles and then tighten. It's sort of like that. I'm like, like that pretty much from my chest down. Ugh. But what this drug does is, um, it sort of helps. So what I have to make a balance, a decision on the balance of, of how much drugs to take enough drugs to get rid of the spasm so that it's not too uncomfortable. Yeah. But at the same time, what the spasm does is it gives me Muscle Some sort strength. of muscle tone. Ah. Not strength, it's just tone. Yeah. Like I've been I've been eleven years in a wheelchair and normally people have been in a wheelchair that long, their legs are like no, their legs are like really yeah. skinny. Well I've still got I've still got reasonable bus, muscle bulk, especially wow. in my in my calf muscle. Um, Amazing. so yeah, that, I mean that's the decision I face with. Do I so and I that, put up with spasm to, to at least have you know, keep some sort of muscle so the spasms, are they extremely painful? Are they like, you know, the big-ass cramps that you can get? Um, yeah, sometimes they can be. I don't get the big um, the big kicks. If I, if I straighten my legs out, like if I sit in my wheelchair and straighten my legs out with my heels on the ground, they normally go into a kick, you know, they go into the old kicking motion. Wow. And then they sort of, the big thing is when you're wheeling along, and I mean, I probably can't show on this, but I can... I start my leg bouncing like my leg's now bouncing. Yep. And I can't I can't stop it. Yeah, wow. Yep. It's just it's just you no, know, it'll stop eventually. But yeah, you just you just lose that, that control. It's the worst thing is when you're wheelchairing along somewhere and you hit a bump and your legs start going bounce, bounce. <laughs> things fall off your lap and uh, see all these things you just have no idea, do we? We've just got no idea how easy oh, it is. Oh hey, you gotta provide some laughs. You gotta provide some laughs. <laughs> oh, mum does that quite regularly as she asses over somewhere on the ground and oh dear, you know, it's all those little things in the in the whole process of it that you just uh, underestimate, you know. Or um with her I face problems, um I have to repeat myself like a billion, billion times because that muscle memory isn't there. Like every movement pattern has to be broken down into its components. And I, you know, we do things automatic, so I don't know. How do, how do you get up from a seat? Where do you push off from? How, which muscles are you using? Because she can't identify the muscles. And she can be doing something for three or four months, and then the next day she still can't remember how to do it. You know, like today at the gym, we were doing uh, chest uh, exercises on the, on the machine and she does them every week and today for some reason she decided I don't know how to push you know <laughs> I can't find that muscle you know and you're sitting there yeah. going oh, for crying out loud we've done it for the last 10 weeks you know how to do it come on and yeah. and it's those things that you, you sort of when you um, haven't had a disability yourself you don't you just don't get it that you can't locate oh, how, where, where is my elbow that this is not straight elbowed you know this is crooked, this is for her straight, or this is, this is straight, you know, sitting in the chair, you know, all those sort of little things that you just, the brain is completely uh, rewiring itself in, in the, the stages that we've, like the level we've managed to get to now, where she's able to walk and balance and pick up things off the ground and uh, drive a car and, you know, do all those, those little things are just wow. amazing, but it's, it's the, we never go for a walk more than three steps without me telling her, pick up that right leg, put it through here, aim for this, back straight, you know. And so you just constantly in her ear, you have to be this correction officer. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> it feels like that for her. I'm sure she dreams about me in her sleep. <laughs> Going, lift that leg up, put that foot here, you know, back straight, chin mm. up. But those are the things you have to do to reinforce the brain's connection to that that part of the body. Um, yeah, you, yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's difficult. Like, for us, the spinal cord injury people, we don't, we don't know where our legs are. Yeah. I'll yeah. wake up, I'll wake up or in the middle of the night, I'll wonder, I'll, I feel my legs are going to the left, but they're actually the facing right. off to the right, or you think your foot's, while you're sitting in your chair, you think your foot's in one position, but it's in another position, and that, that's probably the hardest thing when it comes to driving, is, yeah. um, obviously because we drive with our hands, but it's, yeah. You've got to know where your feet are, and the worst thing is when your foot slips underneath the brake. Yeah. Because all all that happens is when we push the the like it's the hand control to operate the brake, it's still pushing the brake pedal down. On the it's pedal. Just got a metal, just got a bar running down that actually pushes the brake down. So if your foot, suddenly your foot slips underneath the brake pedal, and you don't know, you and then you go to push the brake, and suddenly it's like, oops, oops you got to move move that leg out of the way. So you got to physically lift the leg out of the bloody way. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm lucky. I can drag my left foot a little bit. But, wow. Um, yeah. No, for, for someone else, yeah, yeah, you know, it's got to be, got to be careful. Of, a whole lot of things. So what have you got coming up, Ian? Like, you've just come back yesterday, you said you did a 74-kilometre ride yeah. somewhere. Like, what, 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 is that your daily bloody, is that what you do every week for breakfast, or what? No, no, I think, I'd, um, with the, one thing the new bike does, um, Invercare, very kindly sponsored me, New York was it's just it's a lot lighter yeah. um, and it's, uh, it's obviously the riding position now is a lot more comfortable and it was a beautiful day isn't it 26 degrees yesterday so um, I just from when I am I actually live about 35 k southeast of Christchurch right so I just went for my normal ride and I thought I'll just go go a little slightly different way because I've just added go riding around Lincoln um, as a ride and that normally takes me about 57 minutes so what I did in this case I actually went a slightly different direction and then we went through Lincoln and then some very good friends of ours own a bed and breakfast in Rolleston so I thought oh um, my partner's going to pop in and see them so I thought oh, I'll just call in there and say hello Yep. because um, I wasn't going to be able to be with Louise so then I just thought oh then it was just kind of actually just ended up being 74 <laughs> I, will admit to, I will admit to taking a power gel such <laughs> at about 50k, I actually made it. I actually felt pretty good on the, I, yeah. on the last 20 20k. So I think yeah, I wasn't you, you, you need yeah, you need to get your nutrition and things dialed in. You're doing those sort of ultra distances. Oh, I think that's incredible. incredible. Well, I had I had about I think I had about two liters of because yeah. um, I've got a backpack that I put on the back of my bike and yeah. I just I just got home and just pulled into the carport. I went to take the last couple of um, sucks the water in there and finish. Wow. And do, so, do, you, do you think that whole exercise thing has helped you like keep a certain amount of muscle tone in the health of your whole system, your digestion, your, your brain function, because you've actually got cardio fitness happening despite not having legs at work? Oh, I think it's, um, if I don't go, if I miss hand cycling for a few days, I get really grumpy and irritable. And, just the same um, as everyone else when you're yeah, addicted just, to exercise. Yeah, and I think it's and being in a, being in a wheelchair. The hardest thing is obviously sitting is not. We weren't designed to sit. We were no. designed standing and moving around. And so, uh, I think lying flat in a, in a hand cycle, um, although it does bring on 
the odd spasms. At least it's not. I'm not sitting, which is squashing all the organs, yeah. sort of all into one little clump. And I think it, it certainly it certainly helps in terms of my um, digestive and bowel system. And yeah. you know, I mean, if I go for a really long ride, my the next day everything sort of excuse the pun flows a little bit better. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you've, you've yeah, I'd, I'd recommend, yeah, yeah, I'd recommend everybody, anybody that's got you know that's got an injury like that, if, if there's some yeah, way. Because um, it's all the thing, you know, the, the, the better your heartbeat yep. is, the stronger your heartbeat is. Like, I've, I just got this app on my phone um, where you just put your finger over the camera in the flash. Yep. And it reads your heart rate. Mm-hmm. And then you can uh, you can log off and it says, you know, uh, general, uh, after sleeping, uh, before sport, after sport. And you can, like, log it and, and, and go back to refer it. And I've just started doing that. And it's... Um, you know, it's trying to get. I mean, I think I'm like, my average at the moment is about 58. Wow, that's really low. That's good. But you know, yeah, so I'd you like to get it. So you're, you're despite the fact that you're in a wheelchair, despite the fact that you have to have drugs pumped into you every day, um, and all the other problems that you have, you're you're pretty damn healthy then. You know, like you've managed to keep your health at a at a level that. Um, yeah, I think that, the, the, well, you know, the fitter you are, the, oh, I think that, yeah, yeah your, what the whole well-being is, and it's, um, I think that you just, it's just knowing that, I think it's just the knowledge and knowing that you're, you're fit, that you're, you know, you're doing the most you can to, to, to be See, better yeah. for your body, and because it used to be, I think it was um, the leading cause of uh, death for paraplegia used to be renal failure. Really? Uh, yeah. You know, and it's still the kidneys, your kidneys are still important, bladder is still important. Um, but the more you can do to make everything else work, I mean, nowadays the life expectancy is not a lot different between a paraplegic really? and an able body person. As wow. long as you, if something is like anything, if you sit on the couch and do nothing, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. you're going to lessen the chances of having a long life. But if you do, if you get out and and there's no reason why, just I mean, everyone says I, I don't consider myself wheelchair bound. I, I just consider myself someone that happens to use a wheelchair for uh, accessibility and transport. That's all. Yep. Um, but it, it doesn't mean I can't do a whole lot of that. I mean, I, go, I can go to the gym, I can still, um, I can't sort of lift weights per se, but I use the cable weight machines. Yep. I can still do, you know, I can do the one where the weights are all stacked up and, yep. and then you do the pull downs. Yep. Um, you know, I can I can pull I can pull down 72 kilos. Wow, shoot. That, no. You see that, yeah. And all, it's the attitude though, isn't it? Like, how did you, like, when this first happened to you, did you have a phase where you went, stuff it oh, you know I don't want to be here you know you um, must have I, seen a lot of people go through a phase like that yeah I, I don't think I ever um, I don't think I ever I mean I got angry hmm. um, sure I did a lot of swearing and yep. um, I did a lot of questioning as to you know why it happened to me and you know because you know it has a, has a flow and effect yeah. to so many other parts of your life oh yeah totally but in the day it, I mean it is what it is Yep. And you know, and as Ben Lucas said to me that day, you know, you, you know, you, you can always be worse off. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I, I played competitive sport, uh, football to a reasonable level. And you know, I was a goalkeeper, so I got injured all the time. So um, I think, in some respects, I just saw it as another really bad injury. Yep. I, I will admit to that the lying on the ground that day of the accident um, was pretty devastating. Yeah. Really realizing I couldn't leave my legs. That scary was, as um, hell. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh, you know, that's pretty heavy stuff. But I, 
I mean, I was, I was talking to my physio. She was, she was um, one of the physios um, at Burwood, and we were chatting away uh, a couple of years ago, and we were talking to another physio, and he said, oh, what was Ian like at the spine unit? And they, she said, oh, he was positively euphoric. And I thought, so I can't remember. So I wouldn't have said I was euphoric. <laughs> she said, no, but you, you never, you, you always never, went down to the gym, you always did all your exercises. You did what you, you always, needed to do. Yeah, yeah, look, I, I cried. I, um, oh, you know, at nights, at nights on my own and yep. stuff like that. But uh, at the end of the day, it is, this is what it is. And I'm not dead. So. You got up and kept going, basically. You just, yeah, for the want of a better description, you couldn't get up very far. But you managed to just keep, oh. keep going. Uh, look, it's no less than, I mean, you made the decision to run across Death Valley. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, no. I'd say no same person would do that, but um, <laughs> no, you just you know, you say, right, well, listen, I'm going to set my goal. Yeah. Um, you know, your goals have to be specific. They have to be Time, measurable. Yeah, they've got to be yeah. uh, achievable. They've got to be relevant. And you know, they've got to be timely. And, you know, my decision was, well, I'd love to be able to walk again, but that's like, that's too far away as a goal. So when I got the movement in my toe, it was like, okay, let's see where I can take this. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll push that as far as I can go and, and that's that's all I'm still doing now is and look every day I get up and I try and move my right leg nothing happens yep um, uh, so I mean I can wiggle my toes a little bit but you know earlier in the day look and, and a lot of times I think you know I miss not being able to like like yesterday before going for a run it was like my bike ride was like so I've got to get up I've got to do my bowels and I've got to get all my gear on, then I've got to put my suntan lotion on because you're lying facing face the sun. Up. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I've got to put all the stuff on face, and then I've got to get all my gear, then I've got to get my bladder thing sorted out. Then I've got to wheel out to the bike, then yeah. I've got to turn the bike around, then I've got to check the bike over and make sure all the lights and everything are working. Then you've got to lie, get in, lie out of the wheelchair into the bike, and then yeah. strap to get yourself all, put your legs up and everything on, then lie down, then make sure everything then go for your ride. Yeah. Whereas before, you just find a pair of running shoes. Run out the door. Sure, the three six run out the door. Or, yeah. You know, and yeah. I get you, it. You can't. You know, and look, yeah. I, can't, I can't decide, oh, heck, I've, I've forgotten my TV remote. <laughs> so I'll just get out of the chair and. And go and get it, yeah. I, mean, I, do, just, I do speak, I do, I mean, you, you suggested to me a few months ago to yeah. do talking. I was, you do, I was yeah. talking to a school uh, a couple of weeks ago and I, I actually did a talk on Monday, last Thursday at a Lions Club. Oh, fantastic. I'm glad you're doing I that. See, I said everyone, when they all you know, introduced me, they came out. I said, all right, just before we get started, just, if everyone could just stand and then, um, walk around a little bit, like, and they sit down. I said, now, how easy was that? Yeah, and I can't do that. Say, well, <laughs> not all of us can do that. Yeah, and, and it's just a really, really good reminder, I think, to everybody to be thankful for what you do have. And to train your, I think what stood you in good stead really too is the fact that you were an athlete before this happened. You had therefore the mentality of an athlete. Oh, I've just got to train and I've got to do what I can do to get through rather than I give up. You know, um, like the man I I talked to today, he just, you know, his his wife wants to fight and and push him to do more and he just going, "Hmm, I'd just rather watch TV. You know, and she's going, yeah, but you're losing everything really quickly, you know. And I think if you have that mentality of, no matter what, I've got to train something. Whatever's working, I've got to train it. Uh, and push the push the boundaries out. So I think, um, I, know, I know with mum, when she got enough 
determination, self-determination back, that she, she was willing to do the hard yards, you know, and she was willing to do it every day. And I said to her as I walked out of the restaurant um, today, I said, well, you know, you needed to be there today. That was that we were meant to be here to, to talk to this person. And she said, yeah. And I said, do you sometimes feel like not doing the stuff I tell you to do? And she never has admitted it before. She goes, yeah, some days I just wake up and wish I could have a day off. And, and I can't. And I said, yeah, we can't. We just not even Christmas Day, not even birthdays, not n- never. You just have to do that. You, you, because you're not doing that normal walking around like you know everyone else is. So you have to be that that person that grinds it out day in, day out, day in, day out. And that she said, yeah, some days I just want a day off. <laughs> I look, and I think it's you know frustrating when you see people have got an ability to do something that they mm. don't use. And, and I think I almost feel sorry for some of the health professionals because um, they're in a position where they can't. Yep. Sort of like, I had a guy um, that I, I sent out through work, he, he'd broken his back and he was having a hard time at, at Burwood and, you know, he had a wife, um, had a, they had a two-year-old boy and she was pregnant and he had broke his back um, doing some um, kite surfing. Yeah. And uh, he was having a hard time and, you know, they were, you know, they were saying if anyone can help with money and that sort of thing and the boss said to me, what do you want to do? And I said, well, money's not really going to help him much if he's having a few issues. So I got hold of his phone and spoke to him when he saw him and, and it's almost like he's saying, why is it, I said, I go to the gym and no one, they don't get me standing and walking, there's other people who are standing up and I said, Damien, you've seen your MRI, you're a, he had a complete injury, he's got no movement, no it's feeling, yeah. nothing. I said, that's it, you know, your, your, your spine, spinal cord stuff, it's yeah. gone. You know, you have bowel problems, you have a bladder problems, you know, but it doesn't mean you can't do stuff, it just... You know, you've now got to turn the page. You're now got to like Except shut that chapter off. Like I had 44 years of, of being able to do stuff with my legs, and and so I I tried to do the most of that with you know with my refereeing and my running because I had an ability to do something to to push that to the stage. I mean, I was never a world class athlete, um, but you know, you do what you've got to do. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. that's one hard. thing I always got yep. from from following your career is that you know you. You know, you have, despite all the problems that you had, that you still achieved, you know, a, a, a really something satisfying to you, but it's to inspirational me, yeah. to others. So, yeah. And I thought, well, you know, that's the least, even if it's, even if you're only inspiring yourself, that should be, that's enough reason to do stuff. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about, if, if you're lucky enough and that, that ticks a few boxes for other people, that, that's really good, but you should be doing all you can every day to inspire yourself to do stuff. And yeah. if you inspire yourself, you'll find it others easier to inspire others. Yeah, but it's it's um it's it's getting people to um, I suppose and and where Damon was concerned, I said to him, look, you know, okay, you can't. There's some things you can't do, but there's I think I read something ten, ten and a half thousand things people can do, sort of generally every day, and if you lose the use of your legs, it drops it to about eight and a half thousand. So there's still so, a hell of a lot that you can cope. Well, with. Well, I reckon I'm going to nudge nine thousand. <laughs> That's the thing I'm. I think I'm on for that. But yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, it gets frustrating sometimes, but, yeah. you know, this is... But you're fine. Uh, a, a guy came and saw us at Burwood, he was a painter, and he was um, quadriplegic, but he still, he painted with his mouth. Wow. Uh, brushing his mouth, and he said to us, um, this isn't a dress rehearsal. 
Yeah, You're in a wheelchair. Is, yeah, this is, is it. it. That's a hard gonna, thing to accept, I should imagine, the long process. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not, it's not too bad. It's, uh, I get pretty good parking. <laughs> I don't know, you still got to pay for those bloody stickers that you get, don't you? Yeah, it's only, <laughs> only 30 bucks. So you just got to make sure you, you get used to it. But, yeah, I mean, look, things like you can't read stuff in the supermarket, but, you yeah. know, there's always someone there yeah, to, someone will to help. And, look, I, I very rarely have to take my trolley back. Someone's yeah. always... Yeah, someone, uh, people up. are marvellous generally. They're, they're very, very helpful general public, eh? Yeah. yeah. So, I've, got, I've got some pretty cool wheels as well, so. You, you do have some very cool wheels. I must admit, so if you're a bloke who's into wheels, um, you know, you've got some fancy-looking machines there, you know. Um, you've got to have that. And, and you, your lovely partner, she's, you know, with you through this whole process? No. No, my, um, my relationship didn't last. The, the one that you were my in, accident. yeah. No, um, you know, and that's, you know, I'm not blaming you. I, I no. suddenly wasn't the sort of the guy that she was expecting. Yeah. Um, so, um, no, and look, being at, at Spine Unit, it was like, you know, who's ever going to be interested in someone in a wheelchair? Yeah. Um, yeah. And look, the nurses there were saying, look, that's, you know, people will always um, see past the chair and I'm going, yeah, oh, that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's surprising. Um, there was an article on me in a magazine, um, Catwalk Trust magazine, and mm-hmm. Louise had just moved, just come to New Zealand to check it out, and she'd gone back to England to come back, and she just saw this online. Um, there was a picture photo of me and um, my uh, email address, you know, because I was looking for people to do hand cycle training within Christchurch, and mm-hmm. she sent me an email, and we sort of emailed back and chatted. and Marvellous. Yeah been um, the rest of history. Eight, 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 eight years and look I, a lot of <laughs> what I do I, I couldn't do I mean I did the Buller Marathon a couple of weeks ago and, um, and she had to she had to drive in front of me with the car with the hazard lights on she had a sign and everything on but for, for me to compete in the Buller Marathon that was, yep. that was the, you need and yeah. I mean I, I just get on my bike and away I go but probably she has to ride in front and judge my, like it's it, some some parts of the bully going down, I, I was getting up to 60k, so oh, she's got a quite in front of me trying to judge for speed. And of course, I made the stupid mistake the bully, you start off and you go eight kilometres away and turn around at Berlin's Hotel and then head back to Westport. Well, I was in the zone, and for some reason, I can I can remember going, I rode through the turnaround <laughs> and just kept on going. I'm riding on, and then suddenly I'm, really, I'm looking at 14k on my odometer going, hold on a minute, Hang on. I think I've missed it. Yeah, I rode 54 instead of 42. <laughs> still beat three hours. Still, yeah. Beat, beat she, most she, people. I mean, Louise is amazing. And, yeah. And, and she does, she probably does too much yep. for, for me at times. But, um, yeah, I mean, person. for any of those in my, my situation, look, it, it's, um, I mean, the, the wheelchair is not a man, it's just a manifestation of who you are. It's, it's not not who you are. It's, you know, people yep. always find good news. Good if people will find, yeah. Good people will find good people, if you know. Oh, yeah. and, and and it's luck for all of us, really, isn't it? You know, if we. Oh well, yeah, I mean, same happened to you. Yeah, well, crikey, yeah, I've <laughs> had a very uh, oh, interesting past. Oh, he's wonderful. He's wonderful. He's an absolute yeah. dog. But and I'm being very, very lucky. But you know, um, not not all the way along. <laughs> it's certainly yeah, been I an think, interesting. <laughs> I think that in a lot of cases, what is what doesn't. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You know, you yeah. go through that fire and come out oh, the yeah. other side. Everything I, I look like, that's what I look, you know, like, 
strength comes from struggle. The more you've had to fight for things, the more you've had to overcome. It either makes you or it breaks you, and I'm not going to be broken. So, you know, you get back up, you put your head back up and say, I'm ready to go again. You have a cry, you, you, you have a drama queen moment, and then you get back up again and yeah, keep well, I going. Think, I think sometimes we, uh, people like you, and I think you do it with your swapping, and it's something I want to do with that. And something I do when I coach younger referees is that you can't coach experience. Mm. You, know, you can't coach life experience. No. But if we can take what we've happened, what's happened to us in our lives and, get, and have got to where we are now, if we can get people to realise what they have and that they can achieve the same that maybe we have without having to go through all that Without the crap, crap. to get we are. Yeah. Look, this is our mindset now. This is what we feel you for you to be successful and, and, and achieve things that you want to do, you know, this is where you've got to be. And look, we can, uh, especially you can say it because you've, you've had your personal struggles and, you know, oh, yeah. with your mum and then, yep. you know, with all your, your long distance stuff, it's like, you know, you've yep. got a unique ability to tell people, look, you know, I can, if you can start here to go there and we rather than all the way it. back here to get yeah. there. I yeah. mean, I'm saying the same thing. Look, I've, you know, I, I lost the use of my legs 11 years ago, but, you know, hasn't changed me too much no. from who I am. No. If anything, you're stronger and better, and you know, and then and that's what I, you know, like it, it is. Lost weight. <laughs> well, that might be a good thing. <laughs> but it is, yeah. you know, it is about, you know, like when you're coaching, um, and and trying to inspire and stuff. It's about trying to give people the sh the shortcut there you know and it doesn't always work because like you say sometimes people have to go through those experiences and you can lead a horse to water but sometimes you can't make them drink and they have to make their own identity shifts and they have to make their own uh, you know pathway but and, and, and I do the same for where other people that I'm I listen to and who are all my role models and mentors I try to learn as quickly from them so that I don't have to go through the long pathway and I can get directly to the the, the goal line um, without having to do everything, you know, ten times around the bends, you know. Um, and that's what having good mentors and having good role models, I think, is all about. Is they can shortcut that process for you. But um, yeah, second thing you also do is that you got to realise that um, to to be successful, you don't have to uh, run across Death Valley. Um, you, you know, you don't have to no, it's all do a lot of things. It's just like as long as what you're doing is taking what you've got, and, and not everyone's going to be a super athlete. Not everyone's going to be able to run for two and a half, five days. Um, you know, not everyone can hand cycle for seventy k. But at, at no. the end of the day, it, you can do what you can do. At least push yourself. Push as, yourself as far as you, as far as you really can at what you're doing. That's that's got to be. I think that's your mindset. Um, you know, we'd, we'd be a, a lot of people would be a lot better off. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ian, thank you so much for uh, sharing your story and your life's philosophy and your attitude because I think you're a fantastic role model and I hope you get more into the speaking and, and, and being, yeah. being because, uh, you know, I watch your stuff on social media and I just think it's so inspirational and I love what you're doing. I love that you're still fighting and you know I show my mum your little videos and and she thinks it's the coolest thing since sliced bread because she feels like there's other people going through struggles too you know and I think that that comradeship um, is really really important for 
for others to, to have, and even if their situation is different. Um, you know, and to, you give people hope, you give people uh, guidance and inspiration, and I think that that's a fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing your story today. Any any parting words there, Ian? Um, no, just, just don't do what you can, can't do. Stop with me doing what you can, and Lisa, don't say yourself short either. You're, um, <laughs> uh, you, 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 you've helped me a lot. Before, during, and after my accident, oh, you, were, uh, you went out of the box. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, I don't deserve that at all, but I, thank you. Thank you very much. And I hope we get, we get to meet and race beside each other. I might be a bit slower than you, but uh, we, yeah. can have a, we can have a beer at the finish line together. Only downhill. <laughs> Only downhill. Definitely downhill. All right, matey. Well, thank you so okay. much for your time today, Ian. Thanks, Lisa. That's it for this episode of Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tamati. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and share all this goodness with your networks so we can impact more lives with positive insights and inspiring conversations. And check us out online at www.lisatamati.co.nz.